0: friends Karen Pennington here and one thing you may not know about me is that I'm a little bit of a musician I really say a little bit uh I was very very into it younger in my younger years but now I mostly am a music lover mostly the praise and worship on Sunday morning we have a fabulous worship team at my church love to sing love to harmonize I love to harmonize Uh, you know, being that person underneath that's getting the different notes and the chords sound beautiful. And, but really one of my favorite things in music is something called dissonance. You may recognize that from other parts of life, but you know, dissonance is when there are these two notes that just seem to rub each other the wrong way. And it kind of perks your ears off. You're like, huh? Yeah and um, a lot of times you hear it in creepy music or you know if you're in a drama it's like and and then eventually like so it kind of perks your ears up and then usually eventually the dissonance is resolved which means like the notes are rubbing up against each other the wrong way but then one of them moves a little and then it's like oh that's beautiful sometimes um the dissonance in music the parts that kind of perk your ears up because the notes don't quite sound right they that's what makes it so beautiful. You know, that's what gets your attention. That's, um, those things that seem like mistakes, but they're not, uh, they're, they're part of what's so beautiful in it. And, you know, you look at art and pictures and sometimes those things that seem a little bit off, they're part of the perfection and the beauty and the value of priceless paintings, partly because they get your attention, you know, they're different. Um, and partly there's just something and they make you think, they make you feel, you know. And I think that's why, particularly over the past few days, I've been looking at the things in Scripture and my daily readings that stick out to me. That person that I never noticed before, that, uh, that phrase that seems, well, quite frankly, kind of dumb at first. But then when you look at it, it's like this thing that perked my ears up, oh. That's part of the beauty. That's the good stuff, you know. I think we see that in people as well. Sometimes, um, I remember my daughter growing up. Usually, if we went to a new school, and unfortunately she went to a lot of new schools, if she went to a new school and she talked about somebody who was getting on her nerves, I almost always knew that's going to be one of her best friends. Because <laughs> it was like, the person that rubbed her the wrong way, first of all, was probably the person that was most like her. But then as she started to resolve that conflict, which she was always very good at, even at a young age, she would start to recognize the person and you know respect them even on a deeper level even as like a five or six year old and, um i always appreciated that about her i think she still has that in her and uh so i think it's sometimes the dissonance the things that just don't quite make sense at first but then they do or they seem to clash but really they're part of the greater harmony uh, and my dissonance phrase for this morning i'm again kind of living in second corinthians in my devotionals and my dissonance phrase was this 2 Corinthians 6 2, Paul says to the Corinthians, I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Today or now is the day of salvation. So th- that sounds wonderful. I'm going to write it in my Facebook page because it's beautiful. But um, then the very next thing that Paul talks about when he's talking about favor and hardship in 2 Corinthians 6. I mean, favor. Woo! A little off this morning. Uh, when he talks about favor, the very next thing he talks about is hardship. He talks about in troubles and hardship and distress and beatings and imprisonment and in riot riots and hard work and sleepless nights and hunger. That's verse 5. Through glory and dishonor, bad report and good report, genuine yet regarded as impostors. That's him. He's talking about his life here. Known yet regarded as unknown. Dying and yet we live. Beaten and yet not killed. Sorrowful yet always rejoicing. Poor yet making many rich. Having nothing and yet possessing everything. Those are verses 8 through 10 of this chapter. So it's like he's realizing a different reality, but he's like, listen, the context here is, today is the day of God's favor upon us, upon me, but I've been beaten. I'm being disrespected. I'm poor. I have nothing. I have sorrow. I am, my body's dying. People are saying bad reports about me. These are all the things like what he's saying is giving these altered realities. This is what's happening to me now. And yet, I know that I'm known. Even if I'm infamous, even if I'm unknown. I know that I have riches beyond this world. I know that the right people know the right things about me. It's, it's, it's to me, just incredible. Paul does this a lot. That dissonance between what it looks like is happening to Paul if you don't know the Lord. You know that foolishness that it talks about—he talks about in First Corinthians—and um, he's being regarded as a fool, and he's being regarded as dumb, and he's being regarded as an outcast, an outlaw, a troublemaker. And yet he's the one that's introducing the Prince of Peace. He's the one that's doing all that, um, and going through these troubles that I couldn't even begin to imagine going through. I know trouble, I know trouble, but not like this. And yet saying today is favor. God's favor is upon me. Even while I'm going through all this, you know, I thought of another person. I love the old Testament. I love the stories. I love that. They're true. I love that God's power works through them. Um, I thought, wow, that sounds a lot like Joseph, you know, Joseph being the second youngest son of 12 <laughs> of Jacob or Jake of Jacob, Israel, you know, the son of Israel, of the 12 tribes and being favored by Jacob, but then sold into slavery by his brothers and chapter 39 of Genesis uh, talks about two kinds of slavery a slavery when he was a household slave which wouldn't have been considered great but then when he was put a couple floors down in Potiphar's house and <laughs> in the dungeon in the prison and the thing that really strikes me is when it was talking about how much Joseph's dad loved him and gave him coats and put all things upon him I mean, that was that was great, but it never said anything about the Lord's favor. I'm sure God did favor him. When it was talking about him as the ruler of Egypt later on, didn't really focus on God's favor on him. Not that it wasn't there. But in this chapter, chapter 39, where it talks all about being unfairly sold into slavery, being pursued by Potiphar's wife, and then unfairly accused, and then being in prison in this dungeon for political prisoners and just made to rot there. A lot of them never got out until the king calls you out. You know, he went in for the people that offended the king. So the good part about that is maybe there's a little bit of a better treatment, maybe. But the bad part is it's about the king's favor. So he didn't even offend the king. He offended the king's guard. But so four times in this chapter talking about his hardships, this is how they define it. The Lord was with him. The Lord was with him when he was sold into slavery. The Lord was with him in the midst of his slavery. The Lord was with him right when he got into the dungeon. And so much so that the dungeon master, the head of the prison, saw, it said he saw that God's favor was upon him. In verse and thirty-nine twenty-one of Genesis. And the words that came with it. Now, what would you think of if someone was in slavery? What would you think of? Yeah, I, I would think of unfair. I would think of unjust. I would think of, you know, not free. I would think incarcerated. You do not think good words when you think of slavery. And when. And nor would the Israelites have thought of this. But the words that accompanied the Lord was with him. Verse 39-2, he got success. Verse 39-3, he prospered. Verse 39-21, he had favor. In verse thirty-nine, twenty-three, he had authority and prosperity. Now, heavens, if God can be with Paul and give him joy and prosperity and goodness and love and just allow him to celebrate and rejoice in every moment when he's being beaten, when he's being an outcast, when he's being talked down, when he's being denied by his friends, when he's poor. And he can feel that. And when if God can be with Joseph in the middle of going from being the favored son to being the slave. And then doing his best work as slave only to be rewarded by being thrown into a dungeon. Being thrown into a prison. They said that prison was beneath Potiphar's house. He went into like the bowels of the house. And that was not the way a basement would be nowadays. Let's just put it that way if God could give him favor and be with him and in the midst of that give Joseph success and prosperity and favor and authority then I would think there's absolutely nothing we can go through that God can't be with us and it's not just about where we're going I mean Paul was headed toward basically eternal famousness you know he knew his reward in heaven he knew it didn't matter what was going on on earth Um, and Joseph He didn't know that he was going towards this, but he ended up ruling the greatest and most powerful kingdom on earth in the day. And in the process ended up helping a lot of people. And then there was reconciliation. So Paul knew where he was going. Joseph didn't. But in the end, yeah, they they did get a little bit better circumstance. But right in the midst of it, right in the midst, God's favor was there so i say to you today i say to me today whatever we're going through i don't know what it is i don't know if it's a wayward child i don't know if it's a wayward spouse i don't know if you can't pay your bills that's been a popular one with us uh i don't know if you are just struggling with some sort of physical thing That's just not working. I don't know if it's your relationships. I don't know if it's the weather. I don't know if it's something that feels like a pebble in your shoe. Maybe I don't think I have a right to complain, but it sure hurts and it won't go away. Whatever it is, whether it's a dungeon or the palace, if you're living for the Lord, if you're trying to walk in integrity and goodness, and if you're within God's will and you're trying, I'm not saying you're flawless. None of us are. I'm not saying you're not making mistakes. None of us go without mistakes. There's no one righteous. That's a biblical thing, you know. But if you're really seeking God and moving towards his will, even if it seems hard, even if it seems impossible, I can say to you the way that, God, that Paul said with authority to the Corinthian church, I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. You don't have to look for it beyond what you're going through. Sure, move beyond what you're going through. That's great. Victory is wonderful when we victory over trials, but God gives us victory within the trials. Understanding is great, but according to Philippians 4, God gives us a peace that passes understanding. So go for the peace. Let the understanding come in its time. Go to be more than conquerors. Let the victory come in its time. Because if we love the Lord, God is with us. If we serve the Lord, God is in it, whatever you're going through. for living for the Lord, we can claim that promise right now that God works all things together for the good of those who love us, oh, who love him. I'm sorry, he'll call according to his purpose. That's Romans eight twenty-eight. But we also can live with that promise that God's here right now. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are in and through and over everything. God, you don't cause everything, but you sure use it all. And because I love you and because I want to serve you, I'm going to get something good out of it, and I already am. And that's true of all of us, Lord. Thank you that we don't have to be flawless. Thank you that we can make mistakes and you can even use those, Lord Jesus. Thank you that even in the very pit or dungeon of despair, even in the midst of the worst trials in life, we have access to this joy, this joy that moves beyond earthly prosperity. We have access to this peace that moves beyond earthly understanding. And you're the key. You're the key, Lord. My prayer for everyone listening to this today and for myself is that you give us the eyes to see the gifts that you give us you give us the eyes to understand that not only just despite sufferings, but often through them, that's where you give us the deeper blessing, Lord Jesus, because you are the great recycle and you can and will use anything and everything to the good of those who love you and your glory. Be glorified. May we see your glory. May we receive your glory. May we live out and share yours, the witness of your glory to others today in all we do in your name, Lord Jesus, amen. Be blessed, my friends.